It's now time for the breakfast show with your hosts Lyle and Mon. Good morning and welcome to the breakfast show. You are not listening to Lyle and Mon. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Lyle and Mon. Do you reckon I fooled them with that one there? Do you reckon I got them? Do you reckon they're like, they were lying. They're really on air. Nah. You, <laughs> nah. Nah. We have, we have an intelligent audience here on Faith FM. That is true. And we're not trying to trick you. We did just want to let you know that although the show has ended, we have a best of real happening now. Uh, so stick around and enjoy that. Lyle, I hope they've got some good stuff from you out of the archives, some of your besties. Do you reckon they did a good job? I hope so. Yeah, me too. My, my wife produces shells doing it, so it's going to be amazing. <laughs> Let's hope she puts you in a good light. <laughs> yeah, actually, it might be dangerous. Now that you mention that. <laughs> what are you thinking? Oh, no. <laughs> what is going to happen? But, dear listeners, do enjoy this. It is a best of's reel. Uh, the show has ended. Uh, we've got a little bit of leftovers here for you um, before something new hits the airwaves. So, do enjoy. Quick update, everybody. Just letting you know that there is a possibility that we might be back on air. The new governing board and new chairman will be meeting on the 29th of October. Keep us in your prayers. Oh, hail the power of Jesus. Name, let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem. Show bits you may have missed. 
Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. And this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with Lyle and... Man, good morning Lyle. Morning man. How's it going? Had a good weekend? A great weekend. It was a great weekend. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, what are you grateful for? I am grateful for my ride on mower. You're, and my tractor. No, you can't. You've already said them. Oh, my tractor. You can't. You've already said them. Um, I'm thinking of all the different toys I played with yesterday. My my whippersnipper. Okay, fine. You haven't had that one. <laughs> Such a boy with your toys. It broke on me yesterday. <laughs> You're still grateful for it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. It was... <laughs> So basically you just clean up the yard yesterday, that's all you did? Yes. And you had a ripper of a weekend because you House got to play in the yard. Yeah, I got to play oh. with all my toys. Well, why don't you keep the yard a bit cleaner all year round, Lyle, and you can play with your toys a bit often, <laughs> more often, and your wife would really like that too, I'm sure. You <laughs> 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 uh, have time to play with the other toys. Yeah, whatever. I'll see what I'm grateful for, I'll go wait, on. Wait, wait. I, no. No. <laughs> I can hear no, the people. We can, they they can hear that have the weather. <laughs> no. Fine, I won't tell you then. So, coming up in today's news. <laughs> Go on, Lyle, tell us what's coming up for the next minute and seven seconds. <laughs> I see you, Phil. Nah, so, we're going, to get, we're going to be talking about North New South Wales, very briefly, um, and when it changed its name. We're going to be talking about uh, drugs and concerts. We're going to be talking about snake relocation. Ew, just mm-hmm. straight to the graveyard. That's where you can like relocate snakes to. Just boom, off with a head. This is straight illegal, mon. Oh, oh, it is. You're promoting Oops. the breaking of the law. Oops, Oops. I didn't realise that. <laughs> and um, also we're going to be talking about, uh, what, let's see here, we'll talk about um, China mm-hmm. and social engineering. Okay. Yeah, Go, on, lots Lyle. Lots of Go on, Lyle. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I give up. What do you think? What are you grateful for? Yesterday, I had the horrific experience of going to a graduation. Turns out, graduation ceremonies are the most boringest ceremonies to be like forced to go to. I was very grateful to be sitting between two women who were so hot they were fanning themselves, but they were fanning themselves in my direction. So I was like in this little wind tunnel of heaven the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm grateful for. <laughs>
tell you some good news, though, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. Okay. So, first of all, let's do a little bit of quiz, a little bit of side quiz here. Okay. So, which country in Europe, right, mm. do you reckon suffers from the worst traffic congestion in the in the, Ooh, the Eastern Europe or Western Europe? Uh, West. Let's go Western. Let's go Western Europe. Worst traffic congestion. Uh, Napoli. No, isn't Napoli in Italy? Oh, you say which country or which city? Nation. Oh, which nation? Nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, nation, nation, nation. Western. Western. Let me give you some clue. Mm-hmm. Surprising because of its size. Hmm. On account of it being small. Mm, Liechtenstein. Oh, you are very close. Oh, really? But no smoked garlic for you. No smoked garlic. We were told not to say cigar. So <laughs> I'm telling you, you're close, but no smoked garlic. <laughs> on earth? You know, the, you know the old saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close, no, but cigar. no cigar. So you can't say cigar on radio. So oh. I'm not saying cigar anymore on radio. Okay. I'm you, saying no smoked garlic. You're never going to say the word cigar ever again. Never, never. Cigar is, is like gone from radio. <laughs> Just abolished from the airways. <laughs> Let's count how many times Mon says cigar on radio I'm not, this I'm not being impertinent. I did, I did want to explain to the people what on earth I mean by no smoked garlic. <laughs> but yeah, you're not, you're not far. You're not far from Liechtenstein. It's actually the other tiny country that starts with L. Um, um, uh, Sounds like luxurious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luxembourg. Yeah, you got it. Luxembourg has got some of the worst traffic congestion congestion in the world. It scores the highest cars per capita rate in the EU, which is just mind-blowing because the population is so small. It's like just over half a million residents. Yeah, there's like 25 acres. Yeah, it's like itsy-bitsy. Like you could you could carpet the whole thing in a day. It's very small. <laughs> it has become... It's more than 25 acres. That was an exaggeration. <laughs> but get this. Right, the, uh, innovation at its best. They're like, what are we going to do about all this traffic congestion? I know we're going to make this the first country in the world to offer fee free public transport to everybody. Okay, free commute. Like, okay, all those people who were like working on their budgets. I'm up for that. Wipe transportation off your budget. All transport is now free. How cool wow. is that? How cool is that? That's very cool. I'm very, I'm very impressed with this. I mean, so previously they have uh, had trams and buses and trains have offered like free fares to like students or, or children or senior citizens, but starting 2020, free for the entire country <coughs> and uh, and free for everyone. So they're hoping this will, of course, cut down on uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, while simultaneously freeing up drivers from you know, absolutely infuriating traffic jams, which is just mind-blowing that's... So it's such a small country and <laughs> having traffic congestion. Uh, but apparently, uh, apparently there's 180,000 commuters who are attracted to Luxembourg um, by jobs which offer substantially higher annual salaries than those in neighbouring nations. So it's not just the oh, Luxembourgians. It's commuting, commuting in. It's because it is so small and people from mm. all the surrounding countries are like, do you know what? Let's get some work there. So people from France and from Belgium, um, you know, the, the international commuters apparently doubled in the last two decades because of the attraction to come work in Luxembourg. So they're all flocking uh, into Luxembourg. I think the city is just called Luxembourg as well, Luxembourg City of Luxembourg, mm-hmm. and uh, and so yes, yeah, so the whole country just the city. Yeah, ba- <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, so good on them. Such an innovation. I would like to see some of that happen in Australia, especially up in uh, in Brisbane, where the public transport is just crazy expensive. It's, it's cheaper to walk for sure there. We buried dreams. 
laid them deep into the earth behind us said our goodbyes at the grave but everything reminds us go on How do we go on We will sing to our souls We won't bury our hope Where he leads us to go There's a red sea road When we can't see the way He will part the waves And we'll Show bits you may have missed. Everyone, my phone is on silent. Then what's the ding? It's not my phone. What is it? It's my laptop. Your laptop's dinging. Laptops can ding. Yeah. 
Now it's on silent. I didn't know that. Very unprofessional of you, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Disappointed with you this <laughs> morning. <laughs> this is this is our very our, our very one and own Darren Pratt. Da- the Darren Pratt. The Darren Pratt. The Darren big Pratt. shout out this morning. Yes. Um, who was messaging in to tell us we had a uh, slight technical fault that is now gone. Oh, praise the Lord. And because we're, one of our other technical faults is that my work computer is not working and uh-huh. I'm using my computer, my computer dings. Your computer's a bit of a ding, is it? Now I've shut the ding off. So <laughs> you know, we, we won't get to enjoy that anymore. <laughs> Lyle, I want to do something a little bit different this morning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reintroduce my segment. Okay. Because I think it's been a while uh, since since uh, we've started this segment and people might have forgotten what it is that happens in this segment. Or maybe people are new and they haven't heard it before. But this is the good news segment. And this is a time of the day uh, where we share some good stuff that's happening around the world. Because, you yeah, know, it's often, something super positive. Yeah. Often when you tune into media, be it other radio or television, things can be very depressing, very dark, uh, very, you know, makes you very anxious. It can also be very salacious and, uh, and you know, not, not the kind of things that we want to focus on. Our attentions on. So in this segment, we share really positive, light-hearted messages. Just you know, in case you've woken up this morning and thought, "Is there anything still good happening?" You know what? These are the times when uh, I'll tell you stories about maybe some uh, inventions, some some progress in human technology, something great that humanity is still doing for humanity, or maybe uh, some amazing laws that some governments passed in, in you know to keep our to keep our planet a bit healthier, taking steps in that direction, or maybe just slightly funny to have a bit of a giggle because you know the. Bible Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine, and this is our little time of merriment. We have a little, have a little giggle. We we explore some good news from around the globe. Uh, we check out some some positive things that are happening instead of focusing on the dark and dreary. And hey, if you just want to hang out for the meteor stuff, that's not a problem. You can tune back in at eight a.m. and we open the Bible and we do a heavy Bible study. But for now, this is a time where we're going to have some good stuff happening out on the radio. Fantastic! That was a, that was a great intro, Mon. Yeah, but you know what? We've got to keep our listeners in. Informed and keep them happy. And do you know what? Yes. I have got the most awesomest good news story. I had some other stuff prepared, but I heard this this Mon's been busting to share this ever since she walked into the studio. Yeah. I was like, let's, let's just go straight to good news this yeah. morning. <laughs> Basically, I've been just docking to get to this. I all had some right, other stuff right. prepared, but this study, this uh, this uh, report came out and I was like, I cannot wait to talk about this on the radio. Lyle, check this out. Check this out. So, you know that in 2014, Sydney introduced uh, the lockout laws? Yes. The Best result, thing ever. The results are out. Oh, really? The results are and, out. Yeah, and this okay. is just coming off the back of Dry July. And I want to congratulate and pat on the back everyone who gave a shot, who successfully or half successfully or even a little bit successfully managed to do Dry July. Yes, congratulations. Yes, good on you. And you know what? Continue being dry because it'll be the best decision you make. Absolutely. Um, so, of course, we are talking about alcohol and alcohol consumption. Um, so, uh, there's been a parliamentary inquiry into the city's nighttime economy, um, which uh, started this week. And heard it's heard that half of Sydney's venues had closed since the changes in 2014. Alcohol venues, yeah, which basically prevents people uh, from entering a venue in an entertainment precinct after 1:30 a.m. and mandate that last drinks are served at 3 a.m. Okay, it's still really late at night or slash early in the morning. Yep, but you can't be, they can't serve drinks after that. Which which you'd think, well, that's not going to do much difference because 3 a.m. is super late, but. This is this is showing your age, Mon. Okay, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, do you know what? Because not only that, but entertainers had had a hearing on Monday that Sydney's international reputation had been uh, badly damaged because you know. 
Australians do have a bit of reputation as being a bit rough, um, you know, especially if we you- handle our alcohol really badly. Yeah, we're not I have, good with it. We are not good at all. Yeah, I was absolutely stunned and shocked. Um, one year when I was in Rio during Carnival of all things, mm-hmm. and of course everybody was, um, you know, completely smashed the whole time I was there. But there seemed to be a lot less violence on the streets than what you see. I, I don't know what it is wrong with Aussies, but anyway, we have a binge uh, drinking culture. We do, yeah, yeah. We do. We're not great at it, and even when we go overseas as tourists and we drink in other countries, we, we have earned ourselves a bad reputation. We do. Um, but the uh, let me see if I can get this name right. The NSWNAM. Um, has said there's been important public health benefits uh, coming out of this lockout. And I'm going to tell you the stats coming from one hospital, one hospital, uh, St. Vincent's Hospital in Darlinghurst, right? This is one hospital. Since 2014, Lyle, Mm -hmm. not one single alcohol-related assault death has happened. No. Not one single one. Why? The number went to zero. Zero. Not a single alcohol assault rate of death happened in St. Vincent's Hospital since the lockout, since the laws have rolled out. In the, That's sensational. In the first year of the lockout, there was also 25% fewer presentations uh, for serious alcohol-related facial injuries at this hospital. Uh, over the two years, the number of facial trauma surgeries required because of assault have more than halved. Uh, one nurse wrote that the severity of aggression significantly decreased since 2014 because violence inside hospitals is an absolute travesty and it's yeah. something that should never happen. And since the lockout laws, they've been saying... People people do it and then they blame, it. oh, it was the alcohol doing yeah. it. That's never an excuse. And we, no excuse we just have... We, like last week we had, uh, what was it, like 20,000 um, healthcare workers walked off the job and, 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 and protested because of violence mm-hmm. within their sector um, coming mostly from drug and alcohol. alcohol. Uh, Another nurse said, prior to the laws coming in, I was very much considering leaving emergency nursing. I would 100% be opposed to relaxing or removing the lockout laws. Oh, this is so good. The people who are most behind this are are the people within the health industry, within the the, uh, medical sector. Mm -hmm. Also, this one hospital, guess how much money it saved them? I can't even wait. Half a million dollars alone. Half a million dollars for one hospital due to reduction in ambulance and medical costs linked to fewer surgeries for fractures. That's incredible. I was thinking I was thinking it'd be losing the money because they'd be going out of business. No, they're saving themselves <laughs> half a million dollars. And this okay. is and this is not it. Like, there's also um, there is no evidence that the problem just moved somewhere else. So the next nearest hospital is Prince Al- uh, Prince Royal Prince Alfred yes. uh, Hospital in Camperdown, and they said no, we haven't had any increase. Because you know you'd think oh maybe St Vincent. Okay, so Camperdown, yeah, that one's that one's on the edge of the lockout. Laws. Yeah, yeah. So people thought, well, if it's not happening at St Vincent, the problem just moved to Camperdown. So it doesn't really work. We should like you know reopen everything. But they're saying no, it did work because um, Royal Prince Alfred didn't have any spike, so nothing happened at Royal Prince Alfred. They're like the same. Yep. But um, in terms of uh, St Vincent's plummeted. St Vincent across the just, board. Just unbelievably good news for these guys. Um, so the. Uh, they well, Camperdown needs to step in and uh, have lockout laws in, uh, in their area and in uh, Newtown and all through there as well. So the NSWNMA, by the way, stands for New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. Um, so they're the, they're the ones that are really behind encouraging uh, not laxing these laws. They're just so thrilled with the results. It's a much safer workplace for them. Their job is easier. Do you know what? Just everyone is safer. Everyone is happier with these lockout laws. Um, I mean, apart from maybe the people who sell the alcohol. Um, so they, I think they're the only ones who 
who are seriously complaining because if you want to stay out, you know, until three o'clock in the morning, you can still stay out until three o'clock in the morning. You know, if you want to, uh, if you want to buy alcohol, you can still buy alcohol. And, and I, I haven't heard the average person complaining about this yeah. at all. Well, the NSNMA acknowledged opposition from the alcohol industry in Central yes. Sydney, which is financially disadvantaged by the lockout laws, and said the yes. rules should be rolled. But they said the rules should still be rolled out across the whole of New South Wales, so that no particular yes. hotspots are unfairly disadvantaged. Um, and in a separate submission, uh, Paul Prius, who is the director of emergency at the hospital, he said, put it simply, the lockout laws have worked. When change happened, we saw it straight away, <clears throat> and it's maintained change. Uh, this is just this is wonderful. You know, and they've said community safety must be the priority. We can't be sacrificing. Yep. We are not a country who can handle our alcohol, so we have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. But community safety has to be the priority. It can't be like, oh, but the alcohol industry is losing money. No, community safety has to be the priority. Um, so this is wonderful good news. This is really this is, great. This is Mon thumping the desk oh, right so here. So happy about it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
The Breakfast Show, bits you may have missed. Uh, okay, a couple of other things very quickly. Uh, concert over the weekend, you've got one dead, three critical. Oh, no. Um, from drug overdoses, you've got 69 people who are banned from uh, events, 62 that were uh, in, um, charged, and one man who was caught with 145 capture, capsules on him and now faces 20 years imprisonment. Good. Yeah, absolutely. So this okay, is something that we need to highlight. But, yeah, lock these people up and, you know, he's, he's trading in death. Exactly. That's why I have very little you sympathy know. for drug dealers when they go to prison. It's like, don't. Don't lower that sentence because you know if he gets out, what's he going to do? Just keep dealing with the possibility of you know. There's every possibility that four people died because of what he did this weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, if, the, if these three critical ones don't make it, and one has already died, and they were his pills, mm-hmm. you know, and of course that's going to probably be impossible to determine. But these are the guys who are causing that. So yeah, lock them up and throw the keys away. Yeah, I agree. Um, <coughs> and also, it's it's a it's a warning, guys. If you're going to go and do something like this, go and have fun. That's right. You don't have to have drugs to have fun. In fact, drugs are just going to mess it up um, and make it it uh, um, way, way worse mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, another story that's coming out is about snake relocation, and they're starting to question whether this is actually a positive thing. I have to say, this, snake relocation is not a positive thing, and I'm going to tell it's you why. A, just like, yeah, I but know okay, why. what they're doing is they've got uh, they've they've uh, they're doing uh, experiments um, in Queensland with um, death adders. Death adders. Death adders. Wait, wait, wait. We have death adders in Australia. Why am I surprised? We no, have death adders are an Australian snake. Okay, it just sounds like such a. Australian snake. Does it? Okay, yes. go on. It sounds like, I mean, how worst snake? Because no, we, most have, venomous we have kind of lame names like brown snake and black snake and red belly snake. Yeah, it's like, very unimaginable. Yeah, yeah, whereas it's like rattlesnake and like death adder and viper. It sounds like way more exciting. <laughs> when they're, they're it really does. I mean, the brown snake is like one of the most venomous snakes on and the, the planet, planet. And we, we call just call it, it a brown, brown snake. snake. <laughs> we could just come up with something. Yeah. Maybe so if you can come up with a better name for the brown snake, give us a call. one 800 Eight four three. Let's. Uh, but anyway, the death adder. Uh-huh. They're they're doing this experiment with death adders because they don't move much. Mm-hmm. A death adder, on average, moves three meters a day. Wow. Okay. Uh, but what they found is that when you relocate a snake, it suddenly becomes erratic in its behavior. It increases its range. It moves more often. It becomes more defensive i.e. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that then creates a problem for, um, you know, for pets or humans that come in contact with them. And I can testify to this because I used to live in Marsden Park and there used to be, now retired, a snake catcher who used to release snakes in Marsden Park and he retired a year after we moved there. But in the first year, we had 37 snakes in our first summer oh. on our property. Oh, that's disgusting. And you know we're on a we're on a dead end street. There's only four houses on the street. We're surrounded by bush. Mm. You know, so he's he's working in Sydney. This is the first bush that he comes across as he's driving out of Sydney. Best place to release snakes, and they all got dumped in our backyard. Great. Yeah. See, I, I'm not into snake relocation. I'm definitely into. Well, here's the here's the problem. They're, they're saying they're saying that uh, okay, we're not even going to put that to air. But um, <laughs> like, where's yeah, that eight second delay show. button? <laughs> 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 
but here's the um, here's the uh, we, we do not we do not promote breaking the law here on Faith FM. Just for the we record. do promote recycling though, and I think sh- snakes make great shoes. <laughs> just getting worse. I'm going to change the subject. I think I need to talk about something else this morning. Sorry, I hate snakes so but, much. Uh, the thing that worries me is that mm-hmm. if they do away with snake relocation, they're not going to replace it with decapitation. They're going to replace it with with uh, just leaving them where they are, which you know that can be a little bit worrying for people. You know, can be, create anxiety and stress and so Look, forth. Look, if, if, uh, if they're going to relocate, and, and, and snake catchers being out of work. Yeah, if they're going to relocate them, they need to relocate them in a, in a smart place. I, I'm, I wouldn't mind like a helicopter ride and dropping it off in some bush where like no one even has access to. There's no walking trails or nothing. <laughs> yeah, declared wilderness area. Yeah, 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 something like that. Anyway, moving on from there. Yes. Um, China's social credit system, in which they are building a utopian society uh, <laughs> through... Um, Communism? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But basically, they monitor everything you do through cameras and through algorithms that follow your every move. And your social credit either goes up or down. And the higher it goes, then the more services you have available. And the lower it goes, the less services it's you have It's not utopia. That's prison. Um, and so, you know, things about... Uh, Things like saying something bad about the government, if that's recorded, down it goes. Jaywalking, down it goes. Late payments, down it goes. Uh, posting negative things on social media, down it goes. Frivolous purchases, down it goes. Unhealthy what? food, down it goes. What? Yes, frivolous purchases. Okay, the couple here that you'll like, alcohol, down uh-huh. it goes. Uh-huh. Video games, too much oh, time yes. on video games. Down clap, goes. clap for that one. <laughs> Impressed. Okay, but you can be banned from work, uh, from travel, from social media, from higher education, from buying a house, hotel, uh, sending your kids to private school, etc., etc., etc. Seven million people have been banned from those things already. So this is the Chinese uh, utopian society. It's absolutely disgraceful. Okay. Protection visas lodged in Australia by country. Uh-huh. Nine percent of them. These are refugees. Gotcha. 9% of them are from Malaysia. 15% of them are from Fiji. 16% of them are from Pakistan. 17% India, Bangladesh, 19%, Iran, 19%, Indonesia, 21%, China, 311%. Oh, what? What? That's enormous. Yeah. yeah that utopia that, is- that everyone's trying to get out of. <laughs> this, this is actually frightening because we've never had communism where they've been able to blend it with this level of technology. Yeah. It's frightening how that this is like the new face of communism coming up. That, you know, and we're experiencing something thing, totally the new. The big thing, of course, um, as far as religion goes is, um, you know, because Australia accepts um, Falun Gong members mm-hmm. and um, the Muslim Uyghurs. Um, we accept those as genuine refugees, but the social credit system is aggressively attacking religious people, um, particularly Christians, uh, along with you know the ones that I've mentioned, who, which are you know kind of outlawed already anyway. Um, and if you're a part of a Christian church, of course you're. Uh, you know, this is what happens when you lose religious liberty. Do you know, anything. This is the result of you losing yeah. religious liberty, and we have been talking about religious liberty all last week. We're going to continue to talk about it this week because our religious liberty here in this country is under threat. Yeah, absolutely. And what you've got is a prime example of what happens when a government takes away religious liberty. You've got everybody just wants to leave that country. They're like, get me out of there. It's funny because people often think Australia could never go down that path, but we don't realize how close yeah. we've come in the past. We came we, uh, 
two senators blocked it last week. And, yeah. And, 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 you know, we're not there with China, but we would have lost our religious liberty. Yeah. I mean, even just turning Australia into a communist country, we've, we've been down that, close down that path before. It's really funny because at this graduation ceremony that, that I went to yesterday, one of the students got up and did a speech in which she thanked Goth Whitlam. <laughs> I had to have a little chuckle. I don't think any of the millennials knew what she was talking about, but I had to have a little chuckle. As to a student said. student got up and thanked God, God with them. And like, I mean, We're sure, gonna, I get the point, but like at the same time... The one guy who got sacked. Yeah, the one guy who got sacked. Like, you know, and we don't know for sure if he was going down that path, but, you know, he was heading in something that definitely looked in a communistic fashion. And we, No, he wasn't going down a communist path. He was definitely left wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that's what they were trying to accuse him of. Yeah. And that's why they had to get him out. But any... It's, as soon as you started describing this new system in China, the very moment that you say they can't criticise or say something bad about the government, you know you're in a pickle. In a pickle. And I need to I need to note here that our right wing government is still not protecting religious liberty here in this in, in this country as is needed. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, not creating a framework for uh, religious liberty. We need to look at China and realise this is where we could end up, and uh, we need to be campaigning and voting intelligently here in Australia for our religious. Liberty and protecting that um, with everything we have, really. So, yeah. Pass me not, O gentle Saviour, in my humble cry. Hey, hey. 
is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience, a rewarding career, great employment prospects. When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education, designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the bottle. Waiting and watching Watching for you and for me
Show bits you may have missed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. And we have come to that part of the show where we have a special guest who is joining us. I am super excited about our special guest today. I didn't even know that this person was in Australia, but Larry Carter, Pastor Larry Carter, is somebody that I met many, many years ago, and it was just great to uh, connect the other night. Larry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, uh, just to give you a bit of an introduction as to who Larry is, Larry has worked with literature evangelism, and I'll get him to explain that to you in uh, a little while. But back when I was, let me figure this out, I must have been about 21 years old. Uh, I was I was actually working for Larry. That's right. And uh, we had some, uh, my goodness, we had some adventures back then, didn't we? <laughs> we had a great time the other night just uh, sharing stories and reminiscing about some of those adventures. Um, and, of course, these, are, these were adventures in literature evangelism. But, uh, Larry, maybe you could just uh, explain to our listeners very quickly what literature evangelism is. Well, literature evangelism is a mode of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people by going door to door with books, uh, getting involved in finding people who have an interest in God and giving them Bible studies and then ultimately helping them to make a decision to be baptized and to give their lives to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, just, just, just take us back, Larry. How did, how did, how did you first get started with literature evangelism? Well, my course is a little bit different from most. Uh, I was a teacher, actually a religion teacher in school, a Bible teacher, and uh, we had a week of prayer And uh, my first year there, and I had 40 kids that asked to be baptized, and they were just shocked. And for the next couple of years as nice I God. worked, yeah, amen, uh, as I worked with them, I, I really, they struggled staying faithful to God. Mm-hmm. Because of all the distraction around them, the world around them, of course, we know that. We all have that struggle. And I could not figure out how to keep them on track where they were always on fire and alive. And so for me, that's how it happened. I was studying one day and I go, whoa, what they need is the gospel, the great gospel commission, where it says, go ye and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and all it goes. Get them busy, get them active, get them out exactly there doing something for right. Jesus. And uh, that's how I started saying, well, this would be a good ministry to go door to door. And that's how I started getting involved with it mm. uh, because I was a, a educational superintendent, had a lot of schools under me. And so we would start to do this for fundraisers instead of candy bars. Etc. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And that, that that actually became a part of the canvas, which I can probably remember word for word to this day. <laughs> it is it is seared and embedded into my mind. Well, you only said it a few thousands yeah, of times. Yeah. Instead of instead of candy bars and and uh, junk food, we thought we would offer something a little bit more substantial. And uh, okay, so you started to take literature door to door and uh, yeah. to use this as as a, as a fundraiser. How how long ago was this? I'm just trying to think because I I worked for you. I was trying to figure it out. I worked for you. I think it was in 1994. 
Yes, I started a little bit earlier that right around the late uh, 80s and then early 90s by doing it mm-hmm. in educational process. Then we decided to run summer programs. And that The reason for that was that we wanted to give our kids who made a decision to serve God something where they actually went out and they sweat, they got doors slammed in their face, they actually had to suffer to share their their caring and love for God. And boy, what it does to them is Im- immensely different in their lives. They come back a different person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can I can absolutely <laughs> testify to that to myself, and I think this is probably one of the challenges that we have in Christianity in Western countries today. Is yeah, it's just exactly too right. easy for our young people? Right. Once they suffer for God, they don't turn easily away from Him. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, of course, I remember, I'm just yeah, going back, uh, I knew your name long before I went to America, so that would have been back in 92 or something or other. So, um, yeah, yeah. so around the, I had started doing this program around 86, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, and I'd, I'd actually done some before, but uh, yeah, that, that's where it started. I just love young people, mm-hmm. and God just always made it clear to me. They were flying me all over America, uh, starting these programs and working with them. Now, with um, yeah, just 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 going, going back all those years, there, I'm just sort of, sort of yeah, trying to, uh, to 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 reminisce back to that particular um, time in my life, and uh, I, I remember being here in Australia and hearing about Larry Carter running programs. How many how many programs did you start with to begin with? I mean, when I was, I think in '94, I think there was 13 of these programs across the United States, and there'd be about 20 to 30 young people in each program. Yeah, well, we have to. You had to start small. I started with one program mm-hmm. because I had to develop leadership. Sure. We actually have a college now that develops the leadership. Oh wow! Which makes it so. From when you were there, you did not have the leaders that the young people have now because they've actually been trained. They've had to take college courses in order to do it, mm-hmm. and we learned that process. So as we went, we went from you know from one program to three to seven to. 13, you know, it, it built itself as it goes. But our leaders were not as strong as they are now because they have actually college credits right. for doing this now. Mm-hmm. Do the do the young people suffer as much as they did back then? I, no. <laughs> <laughs> all the, I'm sorry, Lyle, but all the mistakes we made with you, we <laughs> Well, we had a great time, i got to tell you. Um, honestly, my fondest memories of... Of of a young uh, you know my 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 uh, my twenties I should say you know being a young person my teens late teens and twenties my fondest and most cherished memories are of the two programs that I did with literature evangelism one of them was with both of them with were with one of the leaders that you trained and one of them working directly as a part of your program and of course my wife who was not my wife back then working with another one of those programs and yeah Steve Juliana. Uh, down in that's Pen- right. Down in Pennsylvania. Steve Liliana, yeah, that's a uh, a name that I haven't heard for a while. Um, so, uh, but yeah, now I want you. I want you to tell me. You say that this changes kids' lives. Can you give me some examples? Well, the reason I started because I was looking for lives to be continually changed and and to be mm-hmm. for God to work in their lives, so they actually saw that happen. And that's what we were doing when we yeah. started it with you was getting people involved mm-hmm. for it. So and I, I can testify to myself, you know, for, for myself, that possibly one of the greatest things 
part, possibly the greatest part of my training and my education for ministry came out of doing literature evangelism because you learn how to meet people, you learn how to talk to people, you learn how to bring people to decision. I went from doing literature evangelism to doing public evangelism, and uh, you know I've been doing that for what twenty four years now or something or other. Um, and you know the skills that you learn in literature evangelism are exactly the same skills that you use in public evangelism. Lyle, that's why you're good at what you're doing right now. Praise God, because you were at doors. You didn't. You never knew it was coming out. You had to take everything and work from it immediately, and, that, and that's a major gift. Our young people are pastors. They are doctors and lawyers. Most of our young people tend to go into church work, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it, it, the ability for that they'll say to me, "They say, look, these kids are so good up front." It's because they have been exposed and had to be thinking on their feet so much as they went to doors and they talked to people and they prayed with them, mm-hmm. et cetera. And that's something we really stress is that this is not uh, a selling of books. This is uh, helping people to make a, a stand to go to higher ground mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that uh, they help that person that they meet for maybe a short period of time. And sometimes it's longer because they ask for Bible studies and we give them. Mm, yeah, fantastic. Praise God. Our, our college does two things. It teaches you how to run these programs to do them, but it also teaches you how to do evangelism, to do Bible studies, and then actually 